0: This is the Overtime Podcast Network. This is the Turn on the Jets Podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Now, here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of turnonthejets.com. Today we're going to talk with longtime friend of the pod and of turn on the Jets, Connor Rogers, about Adam Gase's job security for the rest of this season and going forward into next season. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about uh, his relationship with Joe Douglas and some of the other news tidbits around the team. We're going to bring in his interview around the 10-minute mark. Uh, before we dive into that, all of your normal reminders for you guys, subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Also, if you are going out to Jets vs. Raiders after Thanksgiving, our friends at Game Day Tailgate Experience are going to be hosting a pregame tailgate with all-you-can-eat food, appearances by former players and other celebrities, uh, cash bar, uh, some different giveaways, music, and games. So check that out. We will continue to share the links on turnonthejets.com and across our social media. That's game day tailgate experience for Jets versus Raiders. Uh, they had a similar one earlier in the year for Jets versus Cowboys, and that happened to work for a win. So we'll give them some credit there for that. But uh, check out our Twitter and Facebook uh, for more information on that. Uh, before we jump into our conversation with Connor, I want to riff a little bit about the current situation of this football team coming out of their loss to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, prior to the game, I had you know tweeted that candidly. I wanted to see the Jets lose to Miami because I thought that loss would hopefully serve the purpose of expediting Adam Gase getting fired here, which I think is for the best for this organization and for Sam Darnold in the long term. And also because Miami's trying to lose. They've built their entire strategy around losing football games so they can get the first overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, winning against the Jets uh, is not their desired outcome, uh, particularly with how they've played in some close games this year. We talked about this um last week with Travis Wingfield, but they've done some pretty noticeable things to throw games that were close. So I had really initially thought that this game was probably a toss-up by the end of the week. I had, you know, figured the Jets will probably find a way to win because I just didn't think Miami would have enough of a desire to win this football game. And really, I was wrong. I mean, the Jets went down the field, they scored the first drive, and from that point on, Miami dominated the game on both sides of the football. They looked like head and shoulders a better team above the Jets as a better team, and that's with substantially less talent out there. You know, this team has obviously traded away most of its most talented players are starting Ryan Fitzpatrick, at quarterback, you know, no Zavian, no Xavier Howard, you know, no Laramie Tunsil anymore. They got rid of Kenyon Drake. Uh this is not a team loaded with talent uh intentionally. Now they are clearly much better coach than the Jets, as is every other team in the NFL. And the Jets just look like a team who, again, were not prepared and also really didn't care that much. Uh, Just look like a team who didn't give a damn on both sides of the football. You know, Jamal Adams looks completely checked out. He has the past few weeks. The defense follows his lead. You know, they're starting a bunch of cast offs at inside linebacker. Their defensive line really made no impact plays outside of an unblocked sack from Quentin Williams early in the game. Offensively, they can't block. They can't communicate. They have no running game uh no one outside of Jamison Crowder was really involved in the passing game. You know, Sam Donald had a brutal brutal red zone turnover. I think he had some nice moments in this game, but really after the first drive, uh he didn't do much and he looked overwhelmed and uh you know, they had the safety on the botched snap. They had that again, uh, just an inexplicable inexplicable red zone interception and you know, for the Jets organization, I'm not really sure what else you need to see. You know, the team is 1 and 7. They're 0-4 in the AFCs. Uh, they haven't won a game in the AFC, so their season's over, obviously. Uh, their remaining eight games are going to have a couple games that look very winnable on paper, but I don't know what looks more winnable on paper than playing Miami, who's trying to lose. Now they play Miami again, this time at home. Uh, they'll play Cincinnati, who also does not have a win yet, but that game's on the road. They'll play Washington, who only has one win against Miami, but has been fairly competitive most of the year and has a solid defense that I think could give them some problems. And then, of course, they have the Giants this week. You know, the Giants are another terrible football team that is terribly coached, but at 2-7 and has shown generally more life than the Jets for the majority of this season. And I think you're going to have a game this week that's going to be an empty stadium. stadium. The fans who are there are going to be mostly Giant fans. The Jet fans who are going to be there are going to be chanting about the coach being fired, which, hey, I'm fully behind and I get it. And maybe that sends a message to Chris Johnson and ownership in this organization about just how bad things are. And I can't in good conscience say I want to see the Jets lose to the Giants, but I'm really not going to mind if the Jets go out and get pummeled by them if it's what it takes to finally push it over the top for Chris Johnson. You know, you come out to watch your 1-7 football team get beat by your quote-unquote in-city rivals when all their fans are in your stadium at your quote-unquote home game. Uh, Maybe that finally moves the needle. Um, there's no reason to think this is going to get better, uh, before it gets worse. Again, I think of the four games I named, could the Jets win a couple of them? Sure. I mean, those are really bad football teams and certain things could break your way and I could see them winning a couple of games. Are they going to go into Baltimore or go into Buffalo and win games? No. And I think the bigger concern is just how beat up are they going to get and just how beat up is Sam Darnold going to get, you know, you have another primetime game against Baltimore. You know who knows who's going to be out there on the field at this point. It seems that nobody's in a rush to get back in an inj- from an injury to play for Adam Gase and the Jets at this point really shouldn't be rushing anyone back anyway because get everyone healthy for 2020. Who's important? And again, here we are. It's not the worst thing in the world for this team to lose games down the stretch. It could be the difference between having the first or second pick in the draft of the seventh and eighth pick in the draft. And if you don't think that makes a difference, look at what Buffalo's win last year cost the Jets they could have Nick Bosa who's having a better defensive season than any Jets player has had in in my memory uh compared to Quinn Williams has been okay and had some moments but has probably not been one of the 25 most impactful rookies so far this year uh while Nick Bosa is you know completely dominating along with guys like Josh Allen and Brian Burns and some of the other rookies so uh you know I look at their remaining schedule I think Likely, and again, it's the NFL, things change, things happen. You have to figure they're going to lose to Baltimore, you have to figure they're going to lose to Buffalo, you have to figure they're going to lose to Oakland, who is quietly very much in the wild card race and a pretty good team. Pittsburgh, also very much in the wild card race and just a well coached team despite their issues at quarterback. Uh, the Jets are going to be substantial underdogs in all four of those games, and as for the other four, you know, maybe you're generous and you give them a split. That puts them at 3-13 and 13 this year, which would be their worst season since the Kotei years, which lines up well because Adam Gase is their worst head coach since Rich Kotai. Okay. So I hope that this team is smart about not bringing this guy back in 2020. I do, I'm usually not someone who thinks it makes sense to fire a coach in season. I think it's kind of a lost cause at that point. In this case, I actually think that if you handed the team over to Greg Williams temporarily and let Jim Bob Cooter run the offense temporarily, it will make a positive, tangible impact compared to their current situation and maybe give Sam Darnold a little more of a puncher's chance the rest of the way. I think with the status quo, they're going to have some really bad losses the rest of the way. So I'm you know, i somewhat surprised. I, surprise is probably strong. I think there was a chance of them making a move if they lost to Miami. They didn't. I think if they lose badly to the Giants, there's another chance of them making an in-season move. I could be wrong. They could have decided that they're not doing anything in season no matter what. Uh, But I would feel better if the Jets were coached by an interim situation for the rest of the year for these remaining eight games rather than their current situation because that's just how bad it's gotten to right now. Um, You know, There's no reason to expect this to immediately turn around or for a light switch to go on. They're just not coached well enough. And Adam Gase has very clearly not learned anything from what didn't work in Miami. His record speaks for itself. You know, he's 24 and 33. He's one and 11 in his last 12 games. The numbers are all there. Uh, And he has really been a downgrade from Todd Bowles, which is pretty shocking because I I do think Bowles got probably too much heat here. But the reality was that he was a below average coach. And I think Gase has been even worse than that. So the fact that the Jets have found a way to downgrade their coaching staff is Almost impressive if it wasn't uh, so depressing. So before we jump into our conversation with Connor Rogers, where we'll talk about Gase's future, I do want to tell you guys that if you are keeping the faith and you're going out to either Jets-Giants or Jets-Raiders or any of their remaining home games, make sure for that you use your seat for the game. You acquire your seat for the game with Vivid Seats. It's the top source for tickets for events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and your row of choice all in the Vivid Seats app. To make things even better, Vivid Seats now has a loyalty program that allows fans to earn credit back. Vivid Seats Rewards. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Fans are automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program when they sign up. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater shows and more. Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and join the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program today. And when it comes time to buy... Enter the promo code Overtime at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. Again, that's promo code Overtime for a discount up to $100. And we are now joined by this this week's guest, longtime friend of the site and pod, top draft guy. I would say, period, right now, as I say, a bleacher, but just top guy overall. 28 years old today, or was it yesterday or today? Connor Rogers. Either way, I'm jealous that you're only 28. How you doing?
1: Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you having me. And uh, besides the Jets being an absolute disaster, I'm doing pretty good, to be honest with you.
0: Um, Listen, we can't let the Jets drag us down here. No way. We (laughs) we just got to keep plugging along and get these retweets and get these pods out and just just go from there.
1: Yeah, that's really all you could do at this point. And, uh, you know, kind of hope that, I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of these things, but kind of hope that, this is the final change in what feels like a, a decade-long rebuild at this point.
0: <laughs> the ne- the never-ending rebuild. <laughs> so, God. New yeah. Browns. So you've been pretty vocal about this, and it, gives, and it gives me some optimism. I think speak to the conventional wisdom that Joe Douglas, Adam Gase is Joe Douglas's guy, and these guys are a package deal, and Joe Douglas is not going to move on from Adam Gase because that's the head coach he wants because they're best buds from since forever ago.
1: Yeah, really bizarre how that narrative just took off. And I I felt like I kind of got out in front of it that even before things had melted down, this is before Adam Gase had coached football games for the Jets, it, it felt like, yes, Joe Douglas and Adam Gase were friends. They crossed paths, you know, obviously before in Chicago. And I think, you know, they've known each other long enough where you understand that Adam Gase was in Christopher Johnson's ear, saying, hey, this is the guy to go get. This is the guy that can get me the players I need and all of that. Now, at the end of the day, as we all know, it was a pretty long process where Joe Douglas needed some convincing. And Joe Douglas didn't just jump at the offer to go work with Adam Gase. Joe Douglas needed a six-year deal for a decent amount of money. Now, a six-year deal to a GM, and I know a a lot of people aren't aware of this. I live in this nerdy world of constantly rebuilding football teams and talking about the NFL draft. A six-year deal for a GM is pretty significant because with that kind of deal, you not only have security for yourself, probably set for life, you also have security where the coach is getting fired before you. That's essentially how it goes. Adam Gase got a four-year deal, uh, which is laughable when you look at it right now that uh, he had that kind of even money and deal. And Joe Douglas gets six, which means, hey, if things go wrong, I'm not the fall guy here. Now, what blows my mind about all of this is Adam Gase could have rode this year out with Mike McCagnan, and and they still had they had Brian Heimerdinger and a couple other scouts there that they let go. He could have rode the year out with those guys, and if things went this wrong, I think Christopher Johnson would have fired them and and really really thought about keeping Adam Gase. He got rid of his potential fall guys before his before his tenure even really started, and left himself as the target if things go wrong. So. It's a little bizarre, but I just think the friendship thing was overblown. Joe Douglas did not come here to work with Adam Gase. That's a very, very bizarre thing to put out there. Joe Douglas came here because the guy was ready to be a GM. He got a six-year deal, and which means he could pick his own coach if he wants to. If things went well with Gase, then great. And guess what? They haven't at all.
0: Do you think that it's a done deal at this point? Or, is, again, nothing's ever a done deal, but... If you were betting now, do you think Adam Gase will be here in 2020? Or has this decision basically been made and they're going to just run out the string, kind of similar to what they did last year? You know, we had heard they decided to fire Todd Bowles by like week 10 or 11 last year, but just let him finish out the season. Is this a similar situation that we're looking at right now?
1: It feels that way. Now, there's a lot of weird factors because this is the Jets and this is not a normal football franchise that play into this. Now, Joe Douglas, in his world, I'm sure would really like to move on from Adam Gase and start getting his own guy and get this thing right. Because, Joe, you've been really vocal and said this very well, that the longer Gase stays here, the damage, it said they bottomed out. The damage keeps going. Sam Darnold looks worse each week, and that is because of the coach. Uh, there's clearly friction in that locker room, even though everybody says, oh, he hasn't lost the locker room. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm sure guys don't like losing every single week in embarrassing fashion, Fashion, and a lot of it does fall on the coach. Guys are injured wherever Adam Gase goes. I think now the Johnsons, I mean, talk about a volatile decision-making group, them and whoever they hire to run things around them. They don't like swallowing mo- that kind of money. I mean, let's be real. This is a lot of money to swallow to fire a coach uh, after or during year one of a four-year deal. So the potential would be they would be paying, I believe they'd be paying uh, Todd Bowles or they would be paying uh, the McCagnin and Gase next year with neither of them working for the team. There would be a new front office that they already have in place and potentially a new coaching staff that they already have in place. So we'll see if they want to pay that kind of money. Now, the problem is the Johnson's also caved to the media and the fans. And I think in this situation, that's a good thing. So uh, just to sum it up, I feel like Joe Douglas, if he has the decision, now it's absolutely ridiculous that the GM and coach report to the owner. But if Joe Joe Douglas has the power to fire Gase and get his own guy and start turning this thing around, I I think he'll do it. Now, Christopher Johnson has to be the man to swallow his pride here. He's lost the fan base. He really has lost the fan base. They've completely lost the media. And for the lone survivors left out there that are trying to save Adam Gase or the New York Jets through the PR, God bless them. That could not be us. That would not be you or I or many other people. And I think when it comes down to it, there's just no way Adam Gase could be coaching this football team next year.
0: Yeah, I just don't know how they sell it next year the entire fan base and it's a diverse fan base with differing views and we are now find ourselves in agreement strong agreement with people that we've heavily disagreed with throughout our tenure as people who cover this team and our fans of this team and i just don't know there's no appetite in any segment of this fan base uh to be sold another year of Adam Gase, regardless of what happens over these final eight games. Even if they squeeze out three more wins because they're playing Miami, Cincinnati, and Washington, it just feels like the ship is sailed. And I don't know. I mean, maybe the empty stadium against the Giants that only has Giant fans there, like, sends a bit of a message. Maybe Woody finds a way to get involved and finally says, like, enough is enough and comes back. I, I kind of – I sort of feel like it's inevitable that the Giants are going to fire Pat Shermer and end up hiring Matt Rule, who's had another great year at Baylor, and Rule's just going to give his middle finger to the Jets and go take an even bigger deal with the Giants. Pending that happens, which may or may not, like, who, let's say the Jets do the right thing and fire Gase. Who are they looking at as prospective candidates if someone like Rule goes to the Giants or just doesn't want to deal with the Jets anymore? What are going to be like the hot names this offseason for head coach openings?
1: Yeah, that's the big mystery right now because nobody is too entirely sure of who Joe Douglas's guys are or if Joe Douglas is willing to open the door to guys that he really doesn't know. That's the big question here. It was a little easier at times to search. It was easy last year because Christopher Johnson was very involved in the search. He was in the interviews with Mike McKagan. Christopher Johnson had way more decision-making and influential power than Mike McKagan. I And Mike McCagan gets a lot of criticism and it's really well earned. Christopher Johnson is the one that needs to take the criticism for this Gase hire because he, he loves, he loved and probably still loves Adam Gase. Now, going back to the coaches this year, I know a lot of people believe the Jets blew it with Matt Rule and there is no doubt they did. I've actually heard though on the Rule side, there aren't really sour feelings on that end. Now, does that mean he'll come back and jump into the Jets arms and be like, oh, I love this job? I'm not saying that. I just, there's not this bitter feeling there where if the Jets called, he'd hang up the phone. I, I, don't think, I think he would listen. Now, what scares you is the point you just made about the New York Giants. If, if they move on from Pat Shermer, which they should, Matt, Matt Rule is from New York and has coached for the Giants as an assistant before. And let's be real, uh, coaching candidates, we did this on Sick to Football this week. We actually ranked how desirable a lot of the jobs are. And it always goes back to ownership. That's a big thing across the board. Like, the Atlanta job should be a desirable job this offseason because of ownership. The Giants, they're a 50-50 split because I don't know why anyone would want to go work with Dave Gettleman and try to turn over that roster, but the Giants have good ownership. And when it comes down to it, the Giants are a franchise that I think a lot of coaches will want to work for. So that's not really the bidding war the Jets want to get involved in. Now, I have to address this off the top because I feel like I have to do this on every 6th football show There's a lot of fantasy candidates that I know fans love, and and let's just be real, they've already denied the Jets before last year. Lincoln Riley and and Matt Campbell were not interested in coming here. They were not interested in coaching. They were not interested in coaching for the New York Jets. Uh, I don't think those guys, as great as either of them, would be, and I love both of them in the college circles. Matt Campbell is somebody that just seems like he he really wants to be in the Midwest for life, maybe even the Browns. Lincoln Riley, the only job I've heard he's interested in in the NFL ever is Dallas. Now that could change if someone makes a godfather offer, but he's got things pretty good at Oklahoma right now. And then you get into the coordinator game, you know, both Niners coordinators are very interesting names. And I think Mike McDaniel is the one that a lot of people don't know. I know a lot of people know on the defensive side, how good Robert Slough has been. But when you look at what Mike McDaniel, another young guy that's worked with Kyle Shanahan forever, uh, Shanahan actually blocked him from interviewing for the OC job with the Packers last year. So the only way McDaniel leaves San Francisco is for a head coaching job. He's a brilliant guy and would be a really bold hire, but one that would actually give some excitement. But once again, it's figuring out who Joe Douglas likes. And then you get into the retreads. I don't think they'll they'll go back down to Mike McCarthy well. That really didn't go well last year at all. A lot of people question how much his heart was really still into coaching. Maybe a year away helps. And then you wonder about the guys that will be let go. I, I don't know if they'll have interest in Dan Quinn when he's fired. I would hope not. And I, I, there was a time where I thought Dan Quinn could be a good coach, and it really just hasn't worked out. Mike Tomlin isn't going anywhere. So when it comes down to it with guys like that, now there was rumors last year, if you remember, about Jim Harbaugh. So if, if he leaves Michigan, that would scream a, a Johnson's move, Chris and Woody. That really, really would. That would be a really bizarre hire at this stage of, of Harbaugh's career. But with it's the New York Jets. You just can't rule anything out like that right now.
0: Before we let you go, one quick business read, and then I need some predictions for you before we let you go. Jets and non-Jets. Before we wrap, guys, November, one of the great sports months of the year, not necessarily for the Jets, but football, college troops, NBA, NHL, golf, racing, you name it, my bookie is the place to get in and get on the action. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, Try Parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Props, futures, in-game betting, all available. NFL, NBA, NHL, NCAA, hoops. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Use promo code OVERTIME to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code OVERTIME to take advantage of mybookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Connor, before we let you go, three questions that I need predictions on. Uh, One, if you had to pick today, what is the Super Bowl matchup that we're heading towards? Two, will Adam Gase get fired in season? And three... If the Jets, and this is basically an impossible question, but I want to hear your guesses today anyway. If the Jets do fire Gase, who will be their head coach next year?
1: All right. Well, I've said on Sick to Football that I, I, and I said this actually before the season started, and I'll just stick with it. I, I think it'll be the Saints and the Patriots. Now, one team that I think, and I know the Niners are undefeated, but one team that I think is going to get really hot and find themselves back into this Super Bowl conversation is the Seattle Seahawks. I think the addition of Josh Gordon with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and MVP quarterback, Russell Wilson, they're going to be the really, really exciting team to keep an eye on. So I wouldn't rule them out. With Adam Gase, it's, I've heard – i it's crazy because I heard before the Miami game that there was already talks of him, you know, probably being a one-and-done. And then when you lose a game like that, you sit there and go, well, yeah, he's got to be a one-and-done, but at the end of the day can even survive the season. The thing is, I think Christopher Johnson still is having trouble swallowing his pride on this one. They should just take the PR hit now and probably do it, especially if they lose again to the Giants, who are not having a great season themselves. But it still seems a little unlikely. It really seems 80-20 versus, you know, fired at the end of the year versus fired in season. And then uh, the third question was, who would be the head coach next year, correct? Yes. Oh, man. I, I... It's it's really hard to say right now. There just there's no you know clear guy in the running because we haven't seen people either fired or we haven't seen you know coordinators that are, are already getting interest. Besides the guys in San Francisco that are really well liked, I, I still think they'll have a shot at Matt Rule. And I know a lot of Jets fans are sitting there hopeless for him. But if I had to just throw a dart, and the percent's not higher than like thirty at this point, but if I had to throw a dart, I, I do think Matt Rule would open the door as long as he gets a lot of things that go his way and, most importantly, doesn't have better job
0: offers in the NFL. All right, Connor. I appreciate it. We're, we're pushing through these dark times, and we're going to get through eventually at some point. We've been saying that for 10 years. But sooner, <laughs> sooner rather than later, Connor Rogers, Bleacher Report. Uh, we'll talk at some point before this season ends. Uh, we'll go from there. Thanks again. All right. Thank you, Joe.